Welcome to the Brain Candy Podcast, episode 177. Oh, that seems like a lucky Super number. Super lucky. 177. Lucky duck. My synesthesia says it's like a turquoisey, a deep turquoisey number. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. With a little gray. You know what? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Beautiful. gray. That sums us up. <laughs> we try to be turquoise, but it's pretty much gray. <laughs> Uh, Sarah just poured some wine. I did. Gene I'm pretty excited about that. Cheers to In that. In a glass made by one of our Brain Candy Brainiacs. Yes. And then sent to us that says, but first wine. Ashley is her name. Thank she you, sent Ashley. to us. We Thank love you. fan gifts. I actually love it too much. What? I mean, I'm looking at a few of ours in this room right now, like our embroidery uh, little piece. And I then Christy sent me books. Oh my God, Christy, I need to... Thank you, Christy. I am so <laughs> loving my crossword puzzle books. I'm going to write you. Don't worry. And she sent Lincoln Pokemon stuff. <gasps> I mean, come on. Come key to on. my heart. I love her. I do too. She's so funny too. Okay. We have the best listeners. We love you guys so much. Um, okay. Let's see. What do you want to talk about, Sarah? Oh my gosh. So many things. Really though? One thing that is totally not at all brainy, yeah. but just is oh. on my mind. Yeah, tell me. Oh, tell me. I have a theory. <laughs> yes, I. Susie has a theory. Susie has a theory. Susie has a theory. Because I was thinking about Donald Trump because I'm a big political mm-hmm, tweeter, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and so I think about him a lot. And you know, obviously, people have been talking about his hair for decades, uh-huh. the kind of phenomenon that is Donald's hair. And we've almost forgotten about his hair because there's so many other more troubling aspects to who he is now. For me, personally, because I'm a liberal woman. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Okay. But I was thinking about his hair and how, like, we all know it's a come over. Like, that, <laughs> that you're bald under there. And do we, though? We do. Okay. And sure. there, there's like pictures where it blows up in the wind and it's like eight inches long, the hair. I have seen those. Yep. And then underneath is just head. And um, so I was just thinking about sort of the psychology of the comb over and how I believe that you have uh-huh. to be mentally ill to, yeah. to be huh. a person who thinks this is the answer. What, and also... There's a there's gotta be that one day. There's that is one so day true. Where you're like, mm-hmm. shall I cut my hair? Mm-hmm. Or <laughs> what if we just comb it the over? other way? <laughs> yes. And that brings up a good point. Well, actually it's probably not one day, which is how it happens. Cause uh-huh. Slow over if time. it was like a bang situation where you cut yeah. your bangs and then you're screwed and you have to grow them out and it's awkward for years until they grow out. People wouldn't do it. it. Right. It's a slow growth. So you don't even notice it over time. And then next thing, I mean, I wish I could watch like some time-lapse comb over <laughs> video. Can I just time-lapse. Google that? Was that a thing? <laughs> oh, I don't know, but I just think that, okay. I mm-hmm. wish I had somebody mm-hmm. that if any of our listeners have comb overs, <laughs> Can you please reach out to me because I would like to talk to you about your hair. I don't, I won't judge you. The word comb over comes from the French word couvert, meaning to cover with a veil. What sti- are you saying? It comes from the word comb can, over. Can actually be traced back to 1774 and Alexander the sixth 
of, I always struggle with Roman numerals, of France, who was known for his keen sense of style, which brought him oodles of attention from all, and he was known for creative ways with a wig. Come on. Yeah. No, he wasn't. He was known for being a total idiot. Yeah. Who... Thought. See, history is written by the victors. Yeah, this and is also evidence. that's like that's like not even like a real website. So. Like this is evidence that the people that are in charge are writing, and so you can't trust it. You have to look at it oh. through the eyes of like, why don't we ask the ladies what they thought? Yeah, about because his- BBC News came out with an article that says the comb over a hairstyle that refuses to lie down. <laughs> lie down. And that's from BBC News, where you can assume that ninety percent of the staff are owners of such look. Listen, I just want to talk to these people and be like, there's a better way for you. Three easy steps. Three easy steps. (laughs) There's three figures. We're going to put that in the newsletter. Okay, three easy steps to a comb over. Figure one is the full bald, but Mm -hmm. back. The fryer tuck, I like to call that. (laughs) Stop it. Then what would you call figure two? I would call figure two... Octopus tentacle. And then figure three is the come over. It is grass grass on the savanna in a very windy day. Just <laughs> lying flat. Oh, my God. Over a watering hole. What it is is a tragedy. It's terrible. And I just want to tell all you fellas out there that are bald. Bald is beautiful. It, it really is. And I think bald guys are attractive. <gasps> this reminds me. You know what I saw? This came up in my feed. And it, it apparently it's becoming a really popular thing now for men to get, the, it's called micro something. And it's basically tattooing on your head to look like the little spots where you would shave. Oh, right. And the before and afters are incredible. Really? It, hmm. it makes a huge difference. And there was one guy on there who has alopecia, really severe. So he has no hair, no eyebrows He was that's, since he was a kid. And... It just gave him the essence of there being some hair there. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, it is night and day. Oh, Yeah, I mean, totally, I'm sure, it changed this kid's life. That's great. And, you know, so I was thinking, okay, like that, I think I could get down for something like that. There are solutions to what you perceive as a problem, which is... It's not a problem. Not necessarily a look problem. Look at Bruce Willis and my brother. Look at a million they people. They look great, Bolt. And... I remember we talked about this with regards to breast implants mm-hmm. when our listener, Doug, who I love, said that hair loss for men was similar where you can't <sighs> win, where You're if right. you get hair plugs or something or, or toupee or whatever, people mock you. But if you're bald, that's, people mock you for that too. Mm-hmm. So it's sort of like when you get breast implants and people judge you, whatever. Yeah. And I don't yeah. know. I'm just saying that. I have seen fewer comb-overs mm-hmm. over the years. I don't know why, like the 80s and 90s. we just embraced that... Don't be stupid. Yeah, that it's like not... Nobody thinks Ugh. you're not bald. That's right. what I'm trying to tell you. Remember when you went on this that kick where you were like obsessed with looking up which celebrities wore I hair still pieces? am. I'm tempted to type that into the computer right now. I'm like, I gotta know. What? Steve Carell, definitely. He's got a great one. He's got the what? best one. You did... Susie, did they, I, you told me before and I was shocked. Probably. <laughs> they even call attention to it in the episode of The Office because in the first season, he has his hair one way. Then in the very first episode, I think of season two or three, yeah. he brushes his hair and he goes, oh, thanks. I just got it done. And like 
It's a... A nod I, to? Yes. I think it's a nod. Are you sure? I think so. Steve, I'm going to type it. Now we're doing this. Oh, my God. Corel hair transplant before and after. Well, you should see a before and after. Here of, we go. Oh, you oh, sh- I was doing a transition. Oh, sorry. But we'll get back to that. No, no, go. You should see a before and after of my arm when I didn't have a watch on it and then I did. Oh, <laughs> yes. I'm in the after right now wearing mine. <laughs> it looks beautiful. We uh, love our movement watches and we want you guys to buy them for your family or for yourself for the holidays, whatever. They are so stylish. They have all different styles. They are all so sleek and sophisticated and... They would oh, make beautiful. a perfect gift. Yes, yes. And they start at just 95 bucks at a department store. You're looking at 400 to 500 bucks, And they basically cut out the middleman, and so they, there's no markup, which makes a great deal for you. And um, they make great gifts. So get 15% off with free shipping and free returns by going to mvmt.com slash bcp. It has a clean design that makes a great fashion statement. Now's the time to step up your watch game. Go to mvmt.com slash bcp and join the movement. And uh, you can look great. I love them. Sarah bought two. Yeah, I did. She's always a And you know what? There's another me. one that I want. No. It's the Gala one. I think it's called the Gala watch. It's the chain link. That's the one I want. Oh, it's so beautiful. In the matte black, I think looks so sick. We can't both get it. Well, I mean, I'll get it in a different color. You should get it. I'll get a different yeah. one. Okay. Buzz Deal. off. Deal. But also, Deal. look at John Cryer. Okay, let me see. Back to ball. <gasps> oh, goodness. He really improved with um, that. Hmm, 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 hmm. Looks great. Yeah, look at all those gentlemen. See? it's. I'm telling you, there's a hidden world of them. Jeremy Piven. Wow. Yep. Wow, wow. Yep. Hugh but they could have... I mean, what I'm saying is... Mel Gibson... Nicholas Cage, Billy just, Bob Thornton. It's my favorite thing to do to they, out all these guys. But those bald ones look okay too. Is what I, th- I agree. Edward Norton looks great bald or with hair. The larger point for me is nobody's ever gone from like whatever to comb over and had people been like, "Oh, you look great." No. And where are their wives? <laughs> Sad. Oh, I know what kind of haircuts they have. Never mind. The mo- the wives. Yeah. What? They've got like the grown-up Kate Gosling. From... <laughs> I knew you were gonna say that. Yeah, like I, I, oh my god, I was Christmas shopping the other day for decorations oh and god. stuff, and this mom and daughter pair walked by, and they both had, they had like the '40s version of, like you're in your '40s version of yeah. the soccer mom short haircut that with the dark brown but with blonde, like big blonde chunky highlights, Ugh. but spiky everywhere, oh but with the god. brush down in the front. What the heck? No. And then the mom came 10 seconds d- behind <laughs> with the 10 years from now version of that. Like it was so I was like, "Oh my god, either they go to the same hairdresser or maybe they was, were time travelers." It was great. Maybe. <laughs> from the early on. That is insane asylum. It's like, "Oh gosh, look at that. I'm never doing that haircut." You mentioned something earlier I want to uh Expand upon. Yes, let's expand upon this. What's the deal with Roman numerals? Well, right. Well, actually, I do know the answer to that. <laughs> okay, because this, this is funny, because this was a trivial pursuit question when I played with my family the other night. Okay. And they, they asked me, what was, what's 2000 in Roman numerals? And I said MMCC, because I don't know why I threw the CC in there, but 
and my mom was like, nope, it's just MM. And what is this? Because And then she like told me about why everything is everything. So um, M is when you, I think it comes from like melee, yeah. which is a thousand in yeah. Latin. So M I is get that. Thou- okay. So what, like, what's not to get? What, <laughs> what I don't get is how we are not in the right. Roman We're just Empire. not writing King Henry the Sixth. Just write sixth th. We are not need. Nobody needs to chisel. We do have. Yeah. Right. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. I to- I'm with you. I'm totally with. Right. Like it's really a formal. It's just a. What do you call that? It's just something that we've. It's like a. a I don't even know. The, there's got to be a word for this. Like, it's something that we do as a tradition and, and not, there's no real purpose. Yeah. It's so silly to me. Why are we still doing that shit? Let's stop. What else are we doing like that that we're not even aware Probably of? Probably a million things. I was, I, now I'm thinking that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's a waste of time. Right. And I I don't know if they're still teaching kids, but aren't, you know, we had to learn it. And I'm like, yep. why am I learning this dumb stuff? So that you can answer one trivial person. And the only other time that you see it is <laughs> it, on, a, on a Super Bowl sweatshirt at the Goodwill. And you're like, oh, which Super Bowl is <laughs> this Goodwill. for? Um, I don't know because I don't know how to tell Roman numerals. Sarah, I got to say, wow, because you just reminded me of the way you were talking. I posted in our patreon.com slash brain candy the audition video that you submitted okay. for the real world. Yeah. And I had seen it before, but I had, I watched it again. And it's really weird. Why? <laughs> What's weird? Because, okay, I'll tell you. It's before. It's when I like really didn't know who I was myself. Or maybe you really did. Oh. I don't know. I can't decide. Because I can, when I've watched it, there's essences. There's an essence of who I am now. Yes. But there's a lot of me that watches that that knows I was putting on. I was like putting on a show. Oh, okay. You know. But then there are other little things like um, at the end of it, some of my friends are like, "Picker, picker, picker," yeah. and I remember being like, "Shut, quiet down. You're embarrassing me." Yeah. And like that is still very much me. <laughs> <laughs> Thank God, <laughs> that not changed. Nailed that. I'm like, ugh, you're being ridiculous. Yeah. I mean. Obviously, what? How many years ago was that? 10, 15, 20? Oh, yeah, right. <laughs> okay, well, well, well. Slow down your counting. It was a couple Roman numerals. So, yeah. It was like a, an X and a V, I think. Something like that. 15 years ago. And I mean, obviously, everyone changes so much in 15 mm-hmm. years. Yeah. Like, and yeah, you look so much different yeah, because your different. hair is black and your face looked different. Were you the same weight? No, I think I, I was a little bigger than. Okay. Uh, or, or it could have just the been the opposite. It could have just been the know. sense of you know how your yeah, shape, youthful face, yeah. Was like, and I was just like, who is this gal? <laughs> and like, you seem so nice and everything, but it doesn't seem like you. It's oh, so funny. It's really yeah. I know weird. it doesn't seem like me when I watch it either. But then when you say certain things, they're like, oh, there is she. I yeah. see her like from the back storytelling. Then. Maybe. Yeah. Oh my God. That part of the video when you talk about the bait and switch date. Isn't it the greatest story? You should have just put that in. That, I was like, that's the, that's the clincher. It's the greatest story. Oh my God. So and it's Sarah, all true. Sarah was all a lesbian. True. I'm just going to tell them. Tell it. But you should still log on and look at the video because it's funny. Sarah was a lesbian for how long? 10 years? Like, like, like X, from, X years. From, for the beginning till when I was 20. Okay. 21. Yeah. Until she was 20 or 21, she was just dating women. And so she had never gone out with a guy and she had decided she was going to go out with men. Yes. And she went out to a bar and she 
eyed up this guy mm-hmm. and he was so hot mm. and she wanted that guy. Uh-huh. And the way I remember it is you got drunk mm-hmm. and had given your number to another guy mm-hmm. who was not so cute. Mm-mm. But then the next day, Jason called, mm-hmm. which is the name of the hot guy, mm-hmm. and you were so excited. So excited. And he's like, I really liked you. Let's go out. Yeah. You're like, oh, my God. Mm-hmm. She got dressed. She said she was looking sexy. Mm-hmm. She put on this whole frock. Whole thing. <laughs> she shows up, and it turns out that the other guy's name was Jason, too. <laughs> that is the best and it's this, and you were like, it was this gross, gross, smelly. Yep. Um, there was a word you used. Well, he didn't. He took me to an Indian restaurant where we had where there weren't even you. Uta- it was oh, no Ethiopian where you ate with your hands, and he had visible dirt underneath <laughs> his nails. And I'm like, I'm a I'm like a borderline germaphobe <laughs> who just happens to know how to function in the real world, and. I was like, I'm definitely getting ringworm from this meal. He's definitely <laughs> going to infect yeah. that. Like, did you say scoliosis or something? There was a word. Oh, who and knows? I was like, that is hilarious. But I, it was the bait and switch, and I was just like so sad. And then when I, I was just trying. Was to, there anything about? Here's no, what I want. I had follow up questions. Yeah. I was like, did you leave? Did you? Oh, I left and like, see you later, sayonara. Because he spent the date. I remember on the date, he was. So <laughs> effeminate, and he kept on telling me why he was such good friends with all women, and he loved nothing more than when they like all laid down together and would just give each other back massages. And I was like, "You're a fucking okay, weirdo." Yeah, yeah. I'm like, "Get there's the door. See you later, <laughs> other Jason." And see you later, Jason. I I <laughs> Jason I I stop. <laughs> him on the show though because <laughs> i wonder what the date was like for him well i guarantee to you it wasn't like that and he no. probably thinks you're the one that got away heartbroken yeah well. and the original jason never called never a dick <laughs> so bad i oh. love that story a lot sarah thanks oh my god okay <laughs> um i was really big on making sure i logged things as the right name with a descriptor afterwards. Right. From you that point on. You be careful. Yeah, you do. You also have to be careful about your sheets. <sighs> Don't want to be dating anyone, buddy, with gross ones. That's <gasps> have for Have you sure. ever? Once I dated a guy who had a mattress on the floor and I was like, no, I'm done. I'm out of yeah. here. Adios. <laughs> Stop. You've already said sayonara. Right? Like that to me, that's a big red flag. If a guy can't get his bedding right, <laughs> oh, well, there is a solution to this problem, unlike the comb over, uh, and it's Brooklinen sheets, and they're a great gift, and they're super high quality, luxurious sheets. People keep tweeting me saying, I bought them and they're awesome. Mm, I love that. Yeah, like lots of people saying these are the real deal, and I agree, they're super soft, and feel like a million bucks, but you can get them so affordably. I've washed mine a whole bunch too. I feel they like they get better. The brightest color still. Yeah, they are not. They are still are that beautiful, rich blue that I just am crazy for. And they have all different patterns, and yeah. you can mix and match like oh, a pillowcase. <gasps> I love that. Love yeah, that, love that's it. cool. Yeah, 
You're not limited It's luxury bedding, underpriced. You have to try them. We love our Brooklinen sheets. Try the sheets and you'll love them too. Brooklinen.com has an exclusive offer for our listeners. Get 20 bucks off and free shipping when you use promo code BRAINCANDY at brooklinen.com. In fact, Brooklinen is so confident you'll love your new sheets. They'll offer a risk-free 60-night satisfaction guarantee and a lifetime warranty on all of their sheets and comforters. There's no reason not to give these a try for yourself or as a gift this holiday season or for that dude who needs a freaking mm-hmm. sheet upgrade. Give the gift of luxury sheets. The only way to get $20 off and free shipping is use promo code BRAINCANDY at brooklinen.com. That's B-R-O-O-K-L-I-N-E-N.com, promo code BRAINCANDY. I, I, Best I'm, sheets ever. You're just getting taking care of all my Christmas shopping because now I'm thinking I have two brothers in their late 20s who... What do you think's going on on their bed? One of them, I'm fine. He's, he's like me. He's like a germaphobe who would also not eat at, at a restaurant with somebody with dirt under their fingernails. So he's fine. But the other one might need new bed sheets. Yeah. Done deal. Done. Taken care of. Yes. Do us all a favor. It's like on behalf of all women. Yeah. I don't know why me. men really don't care as much, but is that a stereotype? It is, but no, is it true? <laughs> it's not. Because, and even the, well, the men who I've discussed this subject with tell me that the only reason that they made it nice was the idea that a woman was going to be in there. I, I, okay, I accept that, but I don't get why they don't care. Why do they, are they I, fine? It's got to come down to like a nesting thing for us, right? Like a, I, I mean, I don't know. But then it again, I have be. a husband who, who likes it. And he, I have a husband who likes decorative pillows on the bed. What? I was like, let's just go no, like, let's keep it clean and just do it. And he's like, no, I like the, he wants the Euro, the Euro pillows. He wants the, that, like the whole, and I love it. It's great. I like, have never heard of a, a man who liked decorative pillows. He loves it. He does like decorative I pillows. I felt like that was one of the great mysteries of our the modern age was like, why, women, why do women like decorative we pillows? Love them. They really Men pull the room don't. together. <laughs> oh, he God. He also likes show towels, and I'm for that, too. What does that mean? He's like, you know that we, we're grownups when we have show towels. Like, what is a show towel? Like when you have a guest bathroom and you have guests coming over, there's like an... Uh, you know, sometimes it's seasonal. Like we have towels that say give thanks and they're like Thanksgiving oh towels that go up in the bathroom. And then when we have a football party, there's ones that say like friends, family, football. And those go in the like little You're hand like towels. You're like Monica Geller. I love every minute of it. Every day. Fancy every day. <laughs> <laughs> fancy guest. Are you yeah. kidding? <laughs> That's exactly. Every day. Fancy every day. Fancy guest. <laughs> totally me. So how many, what are, what are we how, dealing oh, with? How many sets? Oh, geez. Okay. So we got this like is insane. Christmas, football. Oh my God. Uh, then Thanksgiving, then like a, like four or five. And then like regs. <laughs> and do all your regs match? Yeah. Well, I mean in each bathroom. Right. Yeah. This is crazy. Yeah. I can't believe. What do you call them? Show towels. Show towels. I didn't even name that. I mean, I, I mean, obviously, but I, I, I was the one who said that. Landon towels. was the one who was like, we have show towels. We're grownups now. Okay. Here's my gripe about show towels. Yeah. <laughs> the name? First of all. <laughs> the name show towels. Because don't you see them like, them like, like with little top hats going like, yeah, that, that. like they're on, like, what is yeah. this showtime at the Apollo? And they're like tap dancing on stage. <laughs> Yes, and I don't like how you know they always have embroidery on them. Uh huh. My give thanks ones are embroidered with give thanks, and I'm very specific about. Yeah, but which that ones. means they're not absorbent. Oh, okay. So, like yeah. when I want to dry my hands, I got to put it on those weird threads of embroidery. <laughs> it's just, 
Do you know what I mean? I do know what you mean. But it's worth but it. But I get functional ones. Totally worth it. I doubt it. Because it's either that or like the, yeah, I mean, you got to have something. Because I don't, I, I think the idea that like, I want people to come to my house and know that they're using a fresh towel to wipe their hands with. Mm-hmm. You know? Okay. Because sometimes I go over to people's houses and I'm like, I bet you've never changed that towel. And I didn't think <gasps> about that. Who never changes their towel? My husband, when I moved in with him, I asked, well, I lived with him, then did not live with him, and we were broken up for two years. Then we, I moved back in after three or four years. So there was a four-year break, three or four-year break. I came back to move in, and I said, have you ever washed that towel? You've got to be kidding me. He said, no. I said, do you think your roommates ever wash that towel? He said, probably not. <laughs> So I know craziest. that the last time somebody washed that towel was me. No, that's not possible. He just never used the bathroom. He had it was like another bathroom in the house that they never used. So it never, but it was where you you go if you were a guest. They just don't think about that stuff. It's so gross, Sarah. I know, I'm but that's okay. why. Oh, that's why a wife is a good thing, and I need me. Oh, okay. Just so you like to feel needed I with your love show it. towels. Love it. Okay. My item of it every day. Still be wiping your hands with that dirty ass towel if it weren't for me. <laughs> I don't think he cares. No, he doesn't care at all. Um, I read an article about babies. Oh, <laughs> how we're not having them, having them. What it are was they doing? about babies' brains. I always love oh, those articles. Uh, me too. Fascinating. It was about how they, even at a very young age, seek meaning. Oh. <gasps> I think that's interesting. How do they study that? So they Oh, interesting. Yeah. They so adult people um group words into categories mm-hmm. that help the brain keep track of them all. Yes. And so things like a snail and uh glass wouldn't be in the same category. Right. So then they tested these babies with like flashcards, pictures on them, mm-hmm. and the more, the less similar an item was uh-huh. to the other one, the easier the baby could identify it. They'd be like, "Where's the dog?" and it would look at the dog. Okay, I see what you're saying. If there was a dog and like uh, a car, uh-huh. but the more similar, mm-hmm. the longer it took them to figure out which card was the right one i love this yeah like if you said dog horse yeah which one it they could it would they would stare at the wrong one for longer periods of time that's so cool and they measured it not just by like hey where are his eyeballs they have like actual lasers that Mm -hmm. that look at the retina and like yeah and then also they'll trace the outline of where they're looking on the object right and it'll be like face 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 then like the outside lines of it then you know how it really it's very, very interesting. Yeah. And so they see how babies, even at such a young age, are categorizing things. And if you take this a step further, uh, Land and I were just talking about this exact concept on and how from pretty much the ages of zero to I think it's like six, seven, eight-ish, we're, all we're, our brain is doing is making connections. Mm-hmm. It's just firing, firing, firing. And there's an expression that says if it fires together, it wires together. Mm-hmm. So if I told you, if I always put up a, 
I mean, basically, this is the same argument for how negative associations are made. So if you always witnessed a fight that your parents had, and then after the fight, you went and did this specific thing, your brain is then wiring and making that connection. So that's happening really strong. And that is the memory that then gets imprinted. And if they get in a fight and if you see something as an adult that reminds you of that, even if you're not aware of it, your instinct will be to make the same connections that you did when you were learning that, uh, you know, A and B are connected and they're both letters and they're both, you know, or like a dog and a cat are both linked and those kind of things. And so we have to be aware of what we're enforcing and reinforcing Mm -hmm. in children and what lessons we're repeating over and over, whether it's phrases or words or actions or um, attitudes or uh, whatever, you know, just those kind of, those kind of lessons make me. The other day we ordered pizza. Yeah. And. Lincoln said to me, I think I told you this, one of those damn pieces going to get here. <laughs> and he didn't know that he had said a bad word. Uh-huh. And that's, and the look on my face frightened him because uh-huh. he realized all of a sudden like he had, shouldn't have said that. Mm-hmm. And we had to talk about it and stuff. But then I, I did tell you, cause I yeah. remember I wanted to make him feel better about it. And I was just like, yeah, when are those damn pieces going <laughs> to get here? So cute. And then it was okay. But it just came to mind because I always thinking like, how am I screwing up my kid today? You know, just, but the good thing is to remind yourself that you can cut those two, mm-hmm. that even though that connection has been enforced in for something negative a little bit, that we have the ability to reform stronger connections. And it just takes more in the good category to, mm-hmm. an, or, you know, a stronger connection of that positive thing yeah. to way to, to cut, to, you know, like snip that, connection to the thing that's negative or whatever but i love that yeah it's interesting and just it, kids and learning is really fascinating yeah and just finding out like what were when you were talking doing. about the thing uh, the the study that showed that kids were better off or, or i don't even know what the outcome really was but that there was a benefit to them watching their parents fail at something mm-hmm. and get it wrong and then Persistence. Persistence. Yeah. yeah, persistence. I just think that that is something that you that we're not seeing in a lot of younger kids today. So I just think that it's really something to be aware of. Mm-hmm. People are just so quick to give up because everything happens so fast and the answers are right there. And if we don't find them, we're like, oh, we don't need them then. And you know what's scary? This is not, yeah. this is sort of on that subject. We are looking at flights to um, go to Adam's cousin's wedding in England next year and there's a direct flight from LA to Manchester which is where we need to go Mm -hmm. 10 hour flight Mm -hmm. super cheap Mm -hmm. but there's no Wi-Fi and I (sighs) couldn't believe how much anxiety I got yeah and keep in mind this is an overnight flight where in theory you should be at least sleeping for most of it do you get a tv though yeah there's entertainment Yeah. Seriously, you were having, you were freaking out, and and I'm like, there's no Wi-Fi. This is a deal breaker. And Adam was like, so we're gonna pay like a total of like a thousand dollars more for Wi-Fi, uh-uh. so you can see who's gmailing you. <laughs> it's insane. I'm with Adam. Uh, me too. Yeah. But it, I was fascinated yeah. by my own uh, dependence. Yes. On it's like FOMO, really. Uh-huh. 
Because, like, Twitter and yeah, just instant meeting. gratification. The- like, because during that flight, anything could happen with North Korea. We don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Trump could ditch the comb over. <laughs> Can you imagine my joy? <laughs> like, he shaved it. Some, I believe it was Esquire did, like, a... A simulation of what Trump would look like oh with, my God. without the hair. Without the tan, too, Without right? the tan and with properly fitting suits because his suits are not good fit. They're all, oh, like, baggy yeah. and weird and his ties are too long. And he looked so much better in the really? simulated image. Oh, I have to check this out. Yeah. I have to search Cause that. Because he, he, he basically looked like Joe Biden. Like, he looked like um, an old person. Normal dude. He's 71. He shouldn't have that color hair, that color skin, or those clothes, according to, like, nature. (laughs) And I'm one to talk. I mean, we all know I'm not following nature's rules of what I should look like right now. But I think it's interesting Mm -hmm. that in his case, I think it would actually be an upgrade to go au naturel. Yeah. The point here is, I don't know about this flight to England. Mm, Can you believe that? Ten hours. might have to get a crossword puzzle and a good book, Suze. That's what's weird. I read books on I know. planes. I, I don't just e- don't like that I can't right. have it. I get it. Ten hours? Yeah, you're going to have to just deal with that. I'm with Adam. <sighs> the face she's making, guys. If you can always see. I, I, can, I can taste the anxiety and tension in the air. It just doesn't seem safe. <laughs> <laughs> Anything could happen. I'll tell you what does make me feel better, though. Hmm. Steaks. Fill you right up. <laughs> Meats of all kinds. Mm-hmm. They make me happy. That's a solution to any problem. <laughs> I'm so busy. Especially to... dinner. <laughs> right. Especially dinner. But any meal, really. Um, this time of year, we're all so busy. And it's so fun if you order almost steaks because they come right to your door. And it makes a great gift for people that you're like, what in the world am I going to buy this person? Food. Mm-hmm. Yummy, really high quality food is the answer. Um, for forty nine ninety nine, you can get the Omaha Steaks family gift pack when you go to omahasteaks.com and enter our code BRAINCANDY into the search bar. That's 75% off its normal price. And um, right now, they're giving an exclusive saving just to our listeners. Here's what you get for less than 50 bucks. Two filet mignons, two top sirloins, two boneless pork chops, four boneless chicken breasts, four kielbasa sausages, four burgers, four potatoes au gratin, Four caramel apple tartlets, one Omaha Steak seasoning packet, plus get four additional kielbasa sausages free. Go to omahasteaks.com and enter my code, our code. Thank you. Brain candy in the search bar and get 75% savings. It's the gift guaranteed to be a hit, and that is for sure. It is so freaking good, and people will love it. Okay. What? Trump definitely needs to get this makeover. Did you see it? Yes. He looks I would, actually. I would believe way more of what the. I mean, I don't. Let me believe see it again. It's saying, been months since I've but, seen this. Right. Yeah, it's a good look. It, it's, I can't he believe he actually looks handsome. I can't. You know who he looks like? William Shatner. Yes, he does. Is it Esquire? It's GQ. GQ. Okay. Yep. Yeah. I mean, and I didn't realize how poorly fitting his suit oh, was. Oh, they're terrible. They're horrible. Yeah. Right. Ugh. Yeah. And I don't understand. I really, anybody who sticks to a look without a break for decades, something's wrong in your brain. Yeah. Right? Yes. Like if you never cut your hair and you never 
No, you can't. You gotta gotta go with the times. You gotta something. Yeah, anything. For goodness sakes, Sarah's not as impassioned about this as I am. It drives me crazy. It's usually women, to be honest. It would be. I would be more uh, passionate about it if I were somebody that I cared about, and I felt like, oh, your image could really help. Mm-hmm. I don't want him to have any help. I just like you're ridiculous. Get the heck out. Well, of you know how like. Oprah always did those makeovers on her show, and she would always oh. talk about how she hated the the makeover shows. And why like, though? Well, because she never wanted it to be just like superficial. Yeah, and so it was important to her to like find meaning in it and to make sure that there was something deeper to the story than just like we gave them a fresh coat of paint and mm-hmm. their life changed because that's not how life is. So she would always try to like see it as like a mirror and then you can find your potential like there's you can be more and do more if you like how you look and all this stuff but that's how i feel with even him like maybe if he got a makeover (laughs) he could go talk to oprah yeah everything will be fine she'll solve all the world's problems although i i mean he was on oprah before and that didn't solve any of the problems that i spy no Anyway, did you see that? You probably didn't. Hmm. There was this thread on Twitter. Oh, I've been out of the Twitterverse for so long. Why? Because I've been busy doing Thanksgiving hosting. Yeah. I wait. I need to get. I mean, I just been living. I, I, I had to put food on the actual burners, so Twitter had to go on the back burners. Well, that's why I started doing that series of pictures of me on the phone. That's so funny. I love them all. <laughs> Because I, I have, have a lot a of them too. Of me on the phone, tons. Because I'll be like, Susie, I need to take a picture of you. And then the first five pictures I get will it be of you and your phone. You'll be like, hang on, and then you'll post. And then I, I have all of those. Yeah, and I don't. I'm not one of those people that feels guilty about it. It's great. I wish I need. I need a little bit. Because I'm freaking working. It's the. It's no different than a book or or anything. I wish else. people understood that. Well, I do. Like my mother. Yeah, mom. I'm talking to you. Sometimes I got to work. And she this gets mad when you're on your like, phone. Yeah. Well, she was here visiting and she was like, do you have to be on your phone at breakfast and da, da, da. I was like, well, I'm so glad I don't have to respond to my, my the emails that uh, somebody's got to, you know, yeah, do, Dahlia can't be responding to my personal <laughs> emails. I Fill her do, up, would you? I, I, I'm empty. I got to get Oh, new... I thought I spot, there was a shadow on the bottle and it uh, was the cruelest shadow I've ever seen. I see ever... it. I see that shadow. <laughs> just a taunt. Like, I'm like, well, I wonder why she's not filling up We started with a half empty bottle. Let me well, just that's true. put it out there. It was already open. It's already open. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You should tell them that. Yeah. <laughs> not like already done there with a bottle. There was literally like a, a splash. Yeah. Left. We each got a half a glass. Relax. Any people. hoodles. There was a uh, thread on Twitter mm-hmm. that was about the Cheesecake Factory. Oh my gosh, I have a thousand things to say about it. Wait, didn't you one time get followed into a Cheesecake Factory bathroom by a creeper? I did. Oh. Yeah. I've sure been to back to a Cheesecake Factory since, <laughs> and that wasn't even the place of where you Do you, you were. like Cheesecake Factory? No. Here's why. I liked, well, there's two, there's, here's what I do like. Mm-hmm. One, the bread, or bread. Whatever that do dark you? color. Oh, really? Like pumpernickel rye, whatever that thing is in there. Love that. Mm-hmm. Here's what I don't like. Yeah. Everything else. Pretty much everything else. That <laughs> I have an anxiety attack when I just look at the appetizers. Mm-hmm. I, you know how bad I am with decisions. Mm. 
being unable to make a decision is one of the cornerstones of ADHD. Yeah. And you giving me 400 options? Right. Go fuck yourself. Oh, I want the tasting menu. <laughs> I want the tasting menu. Yeah, you no menu should have a spiral bound <laughs> situation. That's just sort of across and then I the have board. To, like flip through advertising. I right. hate it. It's really weird. I feel I mean, it's weird. The thread pointed out not just the menu atrocities. <laughs> although the food is good. I yeah, mean, it tastes it is, great. It's like no it tastes Good. Good. Yeah. It tastes like consistent. Yeah, it's fine. Fine. It's fine. Nobody's ever sent a meal back of the cheese. No. <laughs> it's yeah, just like- you need a forklift in order to, <laughs> to lift it. Right. It's like not worth the effort. Uh, <laughs> I'll just leave it. Yeah, I don't need exercise. Thank <laughs> it's you. It's too big to lift. But they also pointed out the like <laughs> the nonsense of the architecture, how it's like that it's Grecian uh-huh. slash Italian. Right. Nobody thought to just make it look like an actual cheesecake factory, which really would have been hilarious. Right. It would have been on brand. (laughs) And that's, that was pointed out as well as that case of cheesecakes. Uh It's almost like an afterthought. It's like way by the door. Or see, I look at it as a, it's priming you Mm -hmm. is you come in, they put that right next to the hostess stand and they position it right across from where you sit and wait. Mm -hmm. So if you're sitting to wait to be seated, mm-hmm. you're staring at the cheesecake. Mm-hmm. So in your head, you're going, mm, cheesecake would be nice for dessert. So when dessert comes around, they're like, would you like a cheesecake? You're like, yeah, that did look good. Don't mind if I do. Don't mind if I do. One time, my friend Matt Neroni and I uh-huh. were out. <laughs> I'm just going to say his name on every yeah, show. Yeah, so good. Uh, and there, we were not at a cheesecake factory, but we were near one. Uh. And the Y on the building, the light had burnt out. So it just said the cheesecake factor. <laughs> and I, <laughs> I don't know why that's so funny. It's so funny. Because like, what if someone was like, I don't know why I'm overweight. And you were like, it's the, the cheesecake, cheesecake factor. <laughs> but I feel like you could also say the cheesecake factor is like the gym that the cheesecake owned to help you get in shape after eating all that cheesecake. <laughs> Because right. it's like sounds like some like isn't there something with the right. factor yeah. S factor yeah like the yes. yeah it's like a workout like I, this, this is something it's the C factor it's the- <laughs> <laughs> like I were I sat with that for a long time I was like I am determined to make a joke out of this and I never could like for my act mm-hmm. but I someday oh it's in there because that's such a great. Because most people's brain would then just see it as Cheesecake Factory. No, you're so it's used Cheesecake to. Factor. That's so great. <laughs> Any hoodles. Uh, that's a great thread. You should seek it out if you're on Twitter because it's so funny. Because like, it, it studies the architecture and the, the, all the elements of the Cheesecake Factory in a way that's like so great. One of the things that I struggled with the most was when I was in my undergrad doing psychology and we, I can't remember what class it was, but we really talked about the, the psychological tricks or manipulations that are at work in almost every chain restaurant or chain store you go into. And once you're aware of them, you can't not see them. Yeah. And it becomes like... It really takes away from the experience. Mm -hmm. So when I go into the Cheesecake Factory, I first notice that it's really dimly lit. And they make it dimly lit so that you'll eat more so that you feel... And you're willing to sit through 
people tend to order more and will stay longer if they can't see their food as well because yeah. they eat more. And because they don't think other people are watching them. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, then the colors that they choose to use, it's like you get really mixed messages. Mm-hmm. A lot of the uh, walls will be done in a – walls or the cushions will be done in a print that is really kind of annoying to your eyes if you look at it. It, it's mm-hmm. really busy. Yeah. And that is to create a feeling of uh, unsettling feeling. So like you want to be eat, comforted. but you also, yes, you want to be comforted, but then you also don't want to stick around too long. Mm-hmm. And so they can turn the tables faster. And like a buffet like Sizzler puts a ton of, of thought into the colors that they use, they, the lighting, the, the, they make it brighter because they don't want you to spend a lot of time eating. They want to just get your nine 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 and next person. So it's really like, and afterwards I was like, God, I can't, I don't know if I can go to these restaurants anymore. It's like that. The food is, is not even a thought. Mm -hmm. Right. That's like, oh, oh, also we'll put some calories on the plate. (laughs) Sarah's looking at me with like the intensity. Now I just am thinking about how much I could really go for a chicken, a Chinese chicken (laughs) salad. I know, I'm so hungry right now. Um, I'll tell you what you should get for sure, though, is a gift for the kid in your life from Wonderbly.com. Oh, they're so cute. These it's the perfect holiday gift. Books. There's a thread on Brain Candy Crush on Facebook where a bunch of people bought them for relatives, and oh. they said they're such a lovely keepsake. Um, they're personalized books for any occasion with stories about Christmas, birthdays, Willy Wonka's Chocolate Factory, and... I find with Lincoln, he really gets engaged in the story and really, yep. it's like he feels like he's there because the character is named Lincoln, oh. looks like Lincoln. It's really sweet. And um, they are offering a good deal for our listeners. What is it? Um, if you go to wonderbly.com, that's W-O-N-D-E-R-B-L-Y.com and enter your little one's name for a full preview of their story, but then enter code BRAINCANDY at checkout and you'll get 15% off your order. It's www.wonderbly.com. Isn't that funny when people still do www? Yeah. Do we still have to do that? No. No, I just, just felt it just came over me. Yeah, and you just feel like I still, still say it. I still say it. Wonderbly.com. Yeah, that's the place to go. And they're really beautiful. They have ones for younger kids and older kids. And I think they're beautiful keepsake, perfect for Christmas. I encourage everyone to videotape. The videotape record. Oh, people don't use a videotape anymore. Yeah. Record the moment where the kid reads the book for the first time and that moment where they go, wait, hey, that's my name. Yeah. Hey, that looks like me. It is, I've done that for like two or three now. It is the cutest moment. I When and Lincoln so was special. really little, I would just say his name in place of the kid in the book, which yeah. is probably going to make him be such a brat. <laughs> but at one point he realized it and he was like, that's not his name. <laughs> <laughs> like after you taught him how to make an L. Yeah. He was like, like, wait a sec. That's yeah, not an busted. L. But <laughs> yeah. in this case, it really does say Lincoln. So suck this is, it, This kid. is like Boy Who Cried Wolf. <laughs> <laughs> She's like, not this time, sucker. Um, speaking of books, actually, there's this <clears throat> graph that I wanted to kind of talk about and show you about New York Times authors of, I think that this is for like the, they're published essays, so I assume it's fictional works. Mm -hmm. And they did this graph of men and women and the words that they use. And female authors use the word familiar 
more than any other word in comparison to men. And met and on the converse. Oh, that is, uh, I mean. Isn't that interesting? Yeah, well, we know what. It's like that same thing as we say men value hierarchy and women value relationships. I would, does the men have to do anything with hierarchy? Their word. Uh-huh. What? Sexual. Oh! <laughs> Might as well be higher. That, that, that. Yeah, that's sure it. does. Yeah. yeah, that, that would be fall in the line of yes, Sarah. Isn't that funny? Holy shit. Here, you can look at the graph because there are a few other fuck, words on that there. That does not. Wow. Beautiful. Is that in the middle? No, it's on the boy's side, but that oh, surprises me. That's nice. See, they're but you know what's interesting? A beautiful sexual okay, but here's the deal: there are two words on here that I would say that they use to describe the other sex. Oh, the woman's is mysterious, and the men's is beautiful. Right, and then it's like we. Oh my god, Ew. this is a thing. That's interesting. Wow, and that's uh, that's fascinating. Uh, you hit the nail on the head, though, and I hadn't thought of that. The beautiful is how they describe. The, their ideal woman and mysterious would be a w- word that women use to describe kind of like that guy. Mm-hmm. And then the other words that tend to be more feminine are uh, excited. And then in the middle were the words proud and fine. Mm-hmm. I don't like know why. neutral. Yeah, neutral. And proud. I just, Everybody kind of wants that. I just thought that was Interesting, so... but I really do see it as like a, a, a relational versus... Like hierarchy and like what men, we, we talked about this and what they find funny and what, it almost seems like every one of these studies we look at is in essence saying the same thing that mm-hmm. we keep repeating over and over. Oh my God, right. We're going to, we should just cancel our show. <laughs> we, we figured it all out. Did you want to oh, do a badass bitch? I do. Okay. Oh gosh, I've got a good one for you guys. The, I mean, we have to. Do this, gal. Badass bitch through history. And this time it is Marie Curie. Yeah, man. Two-time Nobel laureate. Damn, girl. How many females are even winners? Of Probably I think it's like two and a half. I think it is. It's like three, and she holds two of the spots or something like that. So she studied radiology and was the very first woman to win a Nobel Prize. But more than that, she was the first female to receive a PhD in France. Hey, girl. Hey, girl. We see you. Yeah. And she was... And you know who she was good buddies with? Uh, Albert Einstein. Good buddies. Yeah. That's cute. They first met in Brussels. And they they would, like, go to these invite-only events for the world's leading scientists in physics. And she was the only woman out of 24 members and he was like so impressed that he came to her defense later when she was in a bunch of controversy about being you know a female in the industry and he was like yeah i'm on her team oh i love that right that's really good yeah i just think it's so awesome but she do we know anything about her personal life are we out of the loop on that no she was married to a guy named pierre and together they worked on a lot well i think it was her and then he, because he was a male and because he was also in the science field, I think they worked together as a team because he was able to kind of get into places that maybe yeah, she couldn't have. Right. And it says that it, uh, 
they worked on the discovery of element the elements radium and polonium and that they did it all out of a shack and they worked together in this place that at first she thought like he uh so pierre gets her this studio or this this laboratory and he's like look this is what i got you and she's like that's a freaking joke right Mm. the quote says it was a cross between a stable and a potato shed what (laughs) oh dang yeah and nonetheless her writings recalled like a really fond time that they had together it was like despite the leaky drafty shack that they lived in they still loved their time together and they loved you know being able to work together on science and that's just like i think that's just so awesome that those are the kind of relation, and you know who this reminded me of too is um, Ruth Bader Ginsburg and her say husband. That. Totally, because like, and I've I've been bringing these these kind of like, it takes such a strong man to be able to support a genius woman and yeah. be like, especially in 1903. You know, I've been thinking about this a lot. I even told Adam yesterday how. Because Lincoln's in school now and I'm exposed to other families and parents and how they their arrangements are with yes. their kids and stuff. I don't like to admit it, but it feels to me mm-hmm. that really the thing that makes the difference between a normal, typical kid and a extraordinary kid is the support and involvement of the dad. Oh yeah. But without criticism. But like what I mean is that it's assumed that you'll have a good mom. Oh. So that that's like baseline. And but then if there's an a dad involved, like Adam is so involved, I think that'll be the tipping point. Oh, uh, yes. Likewise, if you have a really terrible mom, and I'm talking like abusive, uh-huh. I think that can ruin everything because yeah. It's assumed that the mom yeah. is going to love you and be great. Mm. Like even if they're kind of effed up, which all of our parents are, like they love you and you know it. And yeah. it bumps me out a bit. It is the running story that I hear that, you know, that they got the love and the nurturing from the mom, but often, and this goes the majority for Caucasian families. Yeah, I, I will should, preface that. Yeah, with that's it. a good point. Yeah, there. so this is like Caucasian, the stereotypical like European, East or Western Caucasian. Yeah, thanks family. for clarifying. So uh, that the dad tends to be hypercritical of the children, especially boys. At for two things, there will be a disconnect with how to be nurturing to a female child because they don't know how to nurture a woman that's not in a sexual like they yeah they, they they're like okay well what what do you do what do you do you know and so there's a little bit of anxiety there so they just t- decide not to and if they just stop nurturing the female child and then with the male they tend to be hypercritical and overly critical of them often for their own shortcomings so i couldn't be the best baseball player so or best football player so i'm going to yell at my son every time he misses a catch or whatever and you know, like a twisted, and it's also what they saw and was, you know, repeated by their parents and their grandparents and this generational thing. But when you have a father who is supportive and provides that loving parent role and says, that's okay, you messed up. Mm -hmm. How can we, how can we do it different next time? Yeah. 
Oh, that's the magic ticket. It really it's is. so depressing. Because, like you know. said, assumed moms are going to do that already. Yeah. Like, you don't get any cookies for that. Yeah. Um, before we go, we have... We don't do shout-outs anymore because people got weird about it. But <laughs> basically, they didn't like it. So um, we did have a request, though, from a gal named Carly. Oh. Would you like to do it? Carly, she's as cute as can be. It's a shout-out for Carly, better than you and me. It's a shout-out for my girl, Carly. And another one, his name is Austin, but... He would like it for his girlfriend mm-hmm. named Victoria. Um, so have at it. Hmm. A song for Victoria from a guy named Austin. It's a song for Victoria from a guy named Austin. It's really, really awesome because it's from a guy named Austin. That was great. Okay. I missed these. <laughs> you people didn't. But yeah, well, what do we can there it? There you go. Can it. Can uh, it. Thanks, everybody. Also, wait, one more little fact that I didn't oh, even I'm know so until... Yes. I just have to throw this in. Yes. Because we love that. We got, you're going to love this. Mm-hmm. Marie Curie's eldest daughter, Irene, also won a Nobel Prize. Yes. <sighs> wow. Yep. They were jointly... Her and her husband, Frederick, were jointly awarded the Nobel Prize in Chemistry for the breakthroughs they made in the synthesis of new radioactive elements that is so awesome awesome badass bitches yes good for them that's great don't forget to uh subscribe and please leave us a review five stars on itunes yeah because we love her and we'll read them we read them we love you bye